G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Now there's been a couple of re-signings over the last couple of days that have really caught my attention. Three in particular, they are Clint Gutherson, Ruben Cotter and Big Tino yesterday afternoon. We're going to get into Clint Gutherson first. He's re-signed with the Parramatta Eels until the end of 2025. A great get for Parramatta, obviously their skipper. For me, I think there are obviously better fullbacks in the NRL, but there are not many better fullbacks in the NRL than Clint Gutherson. I think he's a great leader as well. Uh, Copped a little bit of stick last year for a bit of swearing on the field and stuff and personally I don't think those guys will even remember that conversation after it happened realistically uh, that's just passion coming out on the footy field I am completely fine with it outside of that there aren't really too many negatives when it comes to Gutho I've always said that as as I actually said earlier in this podcast I think there are more talented fullbacks but I wouldn't dare argue with anyone that said there's no fullback that puts in more effort than Gutho because he is just everywhere. He is pushing up on everything. Uh, you cannot ever knock this bloke for the effort that he applies week in, week out. It, it's like he's got a teleporting machine out there, Gutho. He is from the left side to the right side. He is absolutely everywhere. And yes, there are guys with more talent than him. When you look at James Tedesco, Tom Travojevic, and I would rather these sort of guys in the one jersey. But Gutho, he's still a top six, seven, eight fullback in the game for me. He's a brilliant leader. He's young. He's going to be there for a long time. He's really popular amongst the other players as well. Gutho is the sort of guy that you can send into negotiations with other players to convince them to go there. He's marketable as well, which is really important. Hasn't really ever got himself into any trouble off the field. I don't really see any coming his way. Um, He's also a guy that Yes, he's a good player, but he's probably he's probably never... Oh, I shouldn't say never because he already has played State of Origin, but I don't think he's going to miss those Origin periods either. So he's going to be a captain for the entire year. That's not saying he won't play State of Origin. I just don't think right now there's probably a spot for him in these teams. Uh, you would have to think that if he's going to be somewhere, it would be wing or centre, and there's a couple of fullbacks in front of him as far as the one jersey goes to New South Wales, and there's a couple of ones in front of him to play centre, uh, along with a couple of centers probably in front of him as well. So he has played State of Origin before. He's a representative-level player, but he is going to be there all year. So I think this is a really good get for Parramatta. I'm worried that they will lose Reid Marnie. I think everyone's worried about that, especially Parramatta fans. But if you would have if you would have lost Marnie and Gutho, you'd be in some serious bunny rubble. So I think this is a really good re-signing for Parramatta. Hopefully Gutho plays out the rest of his career at Parramatta. I almost went to say he'll be a one-club player, hopefully. But he, of course, did start his career at the Manly C. Eagles. Um, very exciting for Parramatta, though. I think this is a really good re-signing, as I've said a couple of times. So good news there for the Eels. Uh, hopefully, Reid Marnie follows suit uh, pretty soon and he stays at that club because looks to me like they are building to something. But I think if they lose one of those key spine players, uh, they could be in a bit of Barney rubble pretty quickly. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Gutho's career if he stays at fullback uh, for the rest of his career. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he shifts into 5'8", further down the track, but whilst Dylan Brown is at the club, I don't really see there being much movement there. But Parramatta definitely are heading in the right direction. A couple of very young, exciting players uh, at the, in that side as well, paired up with a pretty solid spine. Uh, obviously, they haven't achieved or won a premiership or won a prelim final or anything, but 
I, as I've said a few times, I've taken more confidence from the Parramatta Eels in this year's finals run than I probably have for the last five years, to be honest with you. So excited for them. Hopefully, Reed he re-signs soon. The next one we are going to touch on is Big Tino. Now, obviously, the Dolphins, they haven't made any big plays yet. Yeah, off the field, they've made a heap. Wayne Bennett, Peter O'Sullivan, I've said a number of times, uh, I think that no matter what, this team is going to be successful because of those two signings. But if you would have said to me, that I'd be sitting doing a podcast on November the 24th and the Dolphins still hadn't signed anyone, I probably would have laughed at you. I thought that November 1st, uh, it would have been an absolute landslide. I thought by November 15th, they probably would have had six or seven players signed, including probably a marquee guy. They haven't yet. Brandon Smith, he could still be this marquee guy. They obviously spoke to Tino as well. Uh, he has decided to stay with the Gold Coast Titans till the end of 2026. So a huge re-signing there. His, his reason for re-signing was essentially that he can feel a premiership coming at the Gold Coast Titans. He feels like they are building to something special. So um, a huge compliment for the Gold Coast Titans. Whilst Tino is young, he is a guy that he knows what a winning team feels like. Yeah, he has been to the Melbourne Storm. He has won a premiership there, been in that system for a couple of years, arrived at the Gold Coast Titans last year. And you know what? It's interesting that he takes so much confidence from this team because they lost four more games than they won last year. Yes, they played finals footy, but I think that sort of covers uh, a couple of cracks in that system realistically, which I think you will start to see this year. I'm not expecting them to make the top eight, but they definitely have locked up a huge forward there. And it's scary to think where Tino could be over the next few years. He is still so young and so raw in his career. I think he's still finding his way towards playing, you know, full 80-minute games, which is nothing against him. Uh, just the reality of the age he's at and whatnot and where he's sort of been thrust into. It's going to be crazy to see where he is over the next few years. Just looking at him now, he's only 21 years old. It feels like Tino's been around for five or six years now. So to be 21 and to have Wayne Bennett ringing you, wanting to be one of the marquee signings for the Dolphins, that is massive. To turn it down is huge as well. I think that takes a lot of balls. But maybe players are a little bit more worried about signing with this side uh, than what I thought they would be. That might be the writing on the wall here. I sort of find it hard to believe with Wayne Bennett, a new system, Peter O'Sullivan's there. I don't know. It looks pretty appealing to me, to be honest with you. It might be a case of once the, the first big domino falls, whether that's Brandon Smith, Kalen Ponga, whoever it might be, you might see a heap of guys follow suit there. But this is massive for the Gold Coast Titans, especially after unveiling their new logo a couple of weeks ago, which got a bit of backlash. I like it personally. But they are going for a new era. It's a fresh start. You've obviously got David Fafita still there. To keep Tino there is massive. And for him to back the club in this way, I think it's sensational. And I know I've already had people send me the quote and whatnot about Tino mentioning premierships and laughing and stuff. And I'll say the same thing I said when the Titans came out and said they want to win a few premierships in the next 10 years. What do you want blokes to say? Do you do you want guys to just be happy to be playing in the NRL or do you want them to be genuinely trying to win premierships? Because that is the single main objective in rugby league is to win premierships. And whether you came last in 2020 or in 2021 or first in 2021, you should be going into a competition wanting to win premierships. The Gold Coast Titans should be going into the next 10 seasons wanting to win 10 premierships. For them to say they want to win three or four, good on them. Sensational. Set the goals high. That's what all teams should be doing. I am stoked to see Tino stay there, and I'm stoked to hear Tino talk about winning premierships, not just say he's happy where he is, he's comfortable. He wants to win premierships, yeah. I think that says the absolute world about this guy and hopefully where the Gold Coast Titans are heading. I can't say I'm convinced on it, 
But I love that they're going in with this sort of attitude, this sort of approach. It makes all, all the world of difference for me. I love that about this club at the moment. Uh, they've obviously got a very young spine, inexperienced spine. They've just let Jamal Fogarty go. I thought Fogarty was going to be the guy at the Gold Coast Titans until the day he retired last year, to be honest with you. It's crazy how quickly things change in rugby league. But Tino for feeder. You know, you got young Campbell out the back, AJ, hopefully Toby Sexton is the player that I think he will be. And this club, they could be looking down the barrel of a heap of success over the next few years. And I think it will come off the back of Tino. What position he plays, I'm not too sure. I don't think you want to play him on an edge. I think he has to be in the middle. Personally, if you've got Isaac Liu there, I would probably play him at 13 over Tino. Uh, I'm not overly keen as just using Tino as just your stock standard front rower. I would give him a bit of a license to play footy in Rome a little bit there. But... There's no doubt whatsoever that if he is in the front row next year, that he could quite easily be the best front rower in the game. He's got that sort of high-end potential to be able to compete with guys like James Fisher-Harris, like Payne Haas. Once again, scary to think he is only 24. I think this is a four-year contract. He'll be 25 when it finishes, and he could be the best forward in the game by then. We'll just have to wait and see and see how it plays out for Big Tino. But... The sky really is the limit. The next re-signing we're going to touch on is from the North Queensland Cowboys. A very positive one here. One that I'm very, very excited about. This guy is borderline one of my favorite players in the competition. And I think he is going to be one of the breakout guys over the next two years. Ruben Cotter. Now... People try and tell me that he's still a hooker. Personally, I think he can play hooker. I think he's a solid hooker. But I think he's going to be a great 13 for the Cowboys moving forward. And I said earlier in the season last year that Todd Payton, he needs to bite the bullet. He needs to move Jason Taumalolo into the front row. I've been saying this for a couple of years. The only reason why I could understand them not doing it the last year is because they didn't have a guy to jump into 13. I always thought John Asiata was that sort of guy, but they always sort of went against that. I think Ruben Cotter is just perfect, and he would be my 13 for the Cowboys moving forward. I spoke about this during the season. They did it in one game and they scored more points than they have since the day Jonathan Thurston retired. And look, does that exactly line up? No, it's not. It doesn't mean they're going to score 38 points every single week. Yes, they were playing the Dragons. I understand that. But you know what? There's a lot of teams in this competition that a side like the Cowboys should be putting 38 points on, and they haven't in the last two and a half years. So yes, tell me it was the Dragons. Tell me it doesn't count. That's fine. There's a lot of teams like the Dragons, and there's a lot of teams that are heaps worse than the Dragons in this competition as well. The Cowboys have always had, you keep telling me, one of the best forwards we've ever seen, the best meters guy ever. That's unreal. But if it's not leading to results, uh, you have to start to change what you're doing. And I believe Jason Tamalolo can have the same impact in the 13 jersey as he can in the 8 and 10 jersey. But you can open up this team a little bit more and, and make it a bit more creative through putting a guy like Reuben Cotter in the 13. I'm not sure if he's a Queenslander or a New South Welshman. I've got a feeling he might be a Queenslander, but don't quote me on that. If he is a Queenslander... I would say in the next three to four years, Ruben Cotter will play State of Origin. I've got, I hold this guy in extremely high regard. I think he's going to be a real star moving forward. And if the Cowboys are to be successful over the next few years, I promise you. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
this guy, he will be one of the key cogs in this system. He will be spoken about sort of not at the same level, but I think that as far as a ball playing 13 goes and just a link man, I think he'll be able to push into that category of sort of Radley, Munster, Isaiah, you know, these sort of guys. This is the sort of ability I believe he's got. People will laugh at that and, and that's fine. I said this about Victor Radley in 2019. People laughed about it. He has got the footy IQ to be able to handle himself at 13. He is also tough as nails. There are not many tougher guys in this competition than Ruben Cotter. If he gets this opportunity to actually own the 13 and to grow as a as a footballer in that spot, I think it'll pay huge div- dividends for the Cowboys. I have a look at their spine over the next few years. Reese Robson, I'm another huge fan of him. I think he will be the 9. I think Ruben Cotter will be the 13. Halfback, I don't know if you're going Dearden or Townsend. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm undecided on either one, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't hate both of them, but I'm just not sure which one would be more suited. That's probably more of a watch trials, watch the first few weeks of footy. I think Scotty Drinkwater probably has to be the six. And then at one, uh, you're either going Val Holmes or you're playing Hammer there. I'm not sure which direction they're going to go. Personally, I think Val Holmes is a better winger than he is fullback. But I'm not convinced that the Hammer is a better fullback than Val Holmes. Uh, I also think that Scott Drinkwater is probably better than the both of them at fullback. But then you need to find a 5'8", and I'm not sure who they've got in that system. And for me, Tom Dearden paired with Chad Townsend, it's just two slices. Sorry, two scoops of vanilla ice cream. I think you need a little bit of variety there in the modern game. You don't want two guys who are two real sevens. Dearden, he has got a good running game. There's no doubt about it. But I think... He's not really a sort of second banana half or 5-8. Same as Chad Townsend. I think that they both need to be the main guy, the main talker, the kicking game, the directing around. You want a bit more X factor in your sixth jersey. As I said, I don't know who they've got in that system. They can play there. Peter Hiku, he could be a guy they could look at, but I think you want to play Hiku in the centers realistically. So at the moment for me, I think it has to be Dearden or Chatty Townsend in the seven, paired up with Scotty Drinkwater. And then you make your decision who plays fullback and who plays wing outside of Val Holmes and the Hammer. Personally, I don't think the Cowboys will play finals footy in 2022. I think they're a really good chance to get the spoon, to be perfectly honest with you. Depending on how Todd Payton goes about this, yeah, depending on what he does with Tal Malolo, what he does with Ruben Cotter, where he settles on with the seven jersey, I think there could be a really good chance that we get to the end of 2022 and we still don't know who the Cowboys halfback is. We're still sort of throwing it between Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. I'm not sure if either of them is going to really own this jersey. I don't think they're going to be successful enough for one of these guys to play 25 games straight. I think there will be a bit of mixing up and changing and whatnot, which is always a worry when your halfback is moving around like that. For me, I think the Cowboys will be a bottom four team, but I think if Todd Payton makes all the right moves, or all the right moves in my head anyway, which is playing Cotter and these sort of guys that he's just re-signed, I think the Cowboys, they could be a little bit of a smoky to go a little bit higher, but personally, even if everything goes their way, I still think they're pushing shit uphill to play finals footy in 2022.